nobody I just want a chance to be myself I've spent a thousand miles of coming Yes, I've worn blisters on my heels Trying to find me something better Here on the streets of Bakersfield Hey, you don't know me, but you don't like me Say you care less how I feel But how many of you that sit and judge me Ever walk the streets of Bakersfield Welcome everyone and good evening to our new weekly show, Hear Me Out, where your host, Hector Montemayor Perez and Betsy Esparza, where we're going to choose a couple topics that benefit and intrigue the community here in the Tri-County area. This week's song, chosen by Betsy herself, is... Streets of Bakersfield by Dwight Yoakam. Alrighty. We'll have a playlist later on so that you can catch up on what we'll be playing on Spotify and Apple Music, which we'll upload the links to on our Big Ben Radio Facebook page once we get a little collection going on so that you don't just have to play the same two songs over and (laughs) over. But keep an eye out for that. Today we have a very special guest, is our city manager, Eric Zimmer, for the city of Alpine. How are you doing, Mr. Zimmer? Doing fantastic. Thank you for having me here this evening. All righty. Well, I'm really excited. And Betsy, start us off with what we're going to be talking about today. Today we are doing the state of the streets. Um, Welcome, Eric. Thank you for coming. Well, yes. Thank you. Great topic. Um, So, in my opinion... The streets in Alpine are kind of the most consistently pressing topic for Alpine citizens. And I think that that's a lot because it's so visible and so tangible. They can see it and feel it and they can see where there's an issue or they can drive by and wonder when's that going to get fixed. And so I think that this is on people's mind a lot. So I thought it should just kind of be the first thing that we talked about. Um, Before we get into it, I want to give a little bit of background information just so that we're all working from kind of the same place. So the city's budget averages about $14 million a year. Yes, that is correct. Okay. And the biggest part of the budget is the water water and sewer budget at just over $5 million. Um, The police budget is 1.4 million and the streets budget is 1.5 million. Now that changes from year to year, but that's what we're, that's what we're looking at right now. Um, for your information, there are streets that I think people compare city streets to often that are not in, that are not technically, or not even, well, technically not city streets, like 5th Street, which is Highway 118, or Holland and Avenue E, which is Highway 6790, um, Loop Road. Those are not city streets. Those are highways or, or state. Those belong to the state, and they get paved and maintained by the state. Um, Outside of the city, roads are measured by the mile. Inside of the city, they're measured by the city block. Correct. Okay. Just so everyone kind of has a measurement here to know what we're working with. Yeah, that was a good level set. Um, So we actually talked a couple weeks ago. Um, You were originally going to be on a couple weeks ago, but there was a softball game, and course we're always happy to take a back seat to the softball girls or any any (laughs) oh absolutely um so it's been a couple of weeks so there may there things may have changed a little bit here but when we talked a couple of weeks ago 
we talked about how street paving is a warm weather project and that we were probably going to start to see some movement here pretty soon. Mm -hmm. Is that still the case? Have you already started? Yes. Um, so what we tend to look at, Betsy, is every year from uh, late March until early October is typically when we're going to pave. Um, and so it, when we think about paving, the, the first part of that is prepping the streets, um, scraping back the sides. I mean, we get a lot of vegetation growth onto the streets. Uh, because we're not a typical curb and gutter type community uh, with sidewalks along every street, uh, certainly if we look at Carpenter Edition, great curb sidewalks, uh, you don't have as much of the vegetation that grows into the street. But typical city streets in Alpine, we, we get some creep in there. And so part of uh, Eddie's team, their preparation is to scrape back the vegetation. They're trimming trees as we bring the bigger trucks onto the street, uh, filling potholes, any necessary repairs that we need to make before we get into the, the actual uh, seal coating or paving of the streets. Okay. So just because I live in Carpenter Edition, mm -hmm. for your information, <clears throat> those... Th those sidewalks are required when you build a when you build a home there. The city's not doing that. Homeowners are doing that. Correct. Just so everyone knows that. <laughs> right. Um, so, what is seal coating? Yeah. So one of the biggest questions I get is kind of the difference between a full rebuild and in a seal coat. And uh, predominantly, uh, from a city perspective, we, we chip seal our streets. So it's putting asphalt down and then putting rock on top of that. And uh, that type of application, when you build a street that way, you'll put your, uh, you'll mill up the street, you'll add additional base, and you'll pave it. And then you want to come back every six to eight years and do what's called a seal coat. So that's putting another layer on top. You're not necessarily milling up the street again, uh, but you're just putting another layer on the top. So before you put the other layer is when you want to peel back the vegetation. You want to um, really, you know, fill in your potholes real well, try to smooth some things out. And we get a lot of traction with our city team. So when we talk about paving in the city of Alpine, one of the things we redirected in 2016 is we really worked on just doing the seal coat with our internal staff. And then we were contracting out the full rebuild of the streets. Fortunately, we have a great vendor in the area, uh, Jarrett Dirtworks. Mm -hmm. um, and Lance has just been a super partner for us these last couple of years. I uh, do want to shout out, uh, I know with Keith's passing earlier this year, just a wonderful man, a wonderful human being. And we really appreciate his guidance and help along the way, too. Uh, but back in 2016, we started predominantly uh, contracting out the full rebuild. Uh, the reason why we do that is, uh, you know, Lance and, and Keith, that business was built just to get through very quickly and very efficiently on milling up, putting in new base, and then uh, putting down that, that first and second real layering. Uh, so that's a chip seal process that we use. Uh, many residents will notice this last year on some of the full rebuild, and th that was predominantly done in the alleys and then the one-ways in the downtown area. We actually had Lance put hot mix down, and <clears throat> the reason for that is those are very heavy traffic streets. 
we built a, a pretty solid base up, uh, really with an effort to try to mitigate, you know, future uh, potholes in, in, in some of the depressions. We're having to go back through and do a couple fixes this year. I mean, some of the people notice on Garnet, we had a little sinkage where we had some water issue, and we've also uh, had to repair a couple uh, gas things. But, uh, you know, Lance has come back and, and really worked with us to tidy those areas up. So if you're, you're doing kind of maintenance, like every mm-hmm. six to eight years. Correct. But there's a life there's a lifespan here of about 28 years, I think. Correct. Where you're going to try to maintain that every six to eight years. But after about 28 years, that's out and you kind of have to start over. You've got to rebuild. Yeah. And so when we look at our inventory of close to, um, you know, a thousand city streets, I mean, that, that means we need to be doing a little north of 40 blocks each year uh, rebuilding. Rebuilding. And, and so, yeah, that's, that's what's really in front of us. Okay. So let's talk about the cost of uh, the seven-year cycle, we'll call it, six mm-hmm. to eight years, um, versus the cost of the 28-year cycle. So what does it cost to maintain a block versus what does it cost to start, start over from scratch? Correct. So when we're maintaining, uh, when we add the cost of materials together and the cost of our labor, we're, we're talking between five to $7,000 per street block um, for that seal coat. When we rebuild the block, uh, we're going to spend between twenty twenty five thousand. dollars uh, Many people ask me, well, what's the variation? Typically, it's width and length of the road, right? So when we go through Alpine, think of like 6th Street as you uh, going north from the county courthouse mm-hmm. to the elementary school, pretty wide street there, right? Uh, and then there are other streets in town that that are far more narrow than that. Sure. And uh, certainly the wider streets are costing us more. Okay. So, could I come in with a question ahead. real quick? <laughs> sure. I think one of the biggest things that maybe somebody goes, of course. Um, as is natural, of course, if I, if I go down a street and it's the street that I live in, my first question is, well, why haven't you done my street? Right. And I'm sure, and I know we get calls here all the time when Rick Stevens has done his show and, uh, things like that. I want to ask what a lot of people end up asking is what street gets chosen? Right. Yeah. Great question. I mean, I get that one all the time too. That's my last and, question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Sorry about <laughs> that. <laughs> How do we choose the streets? Um, Really, what we've tried to do over the last couple years is, number one, pick out high-volume streets that we know there's a lot of resident uh, or tourist traffic on, ones that were in desperate need of either a rebuild or a seal coat. Uh, So 2020 and 2021, we were really targeting some high-traffic streets. That's why you saw a lot of the work in the downtown area. Uh, some of the seal coating projects that Eddie was working on. Think of Del Rio Street, pretty high traffic. Sixth Street from the courthouse at the elementary school, high traffic. Uh, the other thing that uh, Eddie and I talk about a lot when, when we're mapping out the plan for the year is a balance across the community. And we do know we're divided into five wards, and each council person is going to come to me and advocate for their ward, and they all do. Uh, and so we try to provide some level of balance uh, across the community so that uh, no resident feels um, like a, a particular section of town is being unserved. What we saw last year too was quite a bit of seal coating uh, between really 5th Street and uh, 118. 
uh, just to the south side of Murphy. We really wanted to hit all those blocks and tie in Murphy back to Gallego Street. So that was a section of town that we felt uh, was super important last year because there's a lot of traffic going back and forth on Murphy now, a lot of commercial growth there. And, uh, you know, a lot of good residents through that area, too. So that's some of the stuff we really think about. Eddie and I have a master spreadsheet where we rank every single street in town. What do you, so besides traffic, is there, what else would you use to rank it? It seems like there would be sort of um, an economy of scale. You're not going to want to jump around Ward 1. You're going to want to maybe year year over year spend your time and effort in one place because it would it would just seem more efficient correct so stockpiling of 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 material is super important to us and like last year we seal coded 102 blocks and we'll do 20 or 25 in a particular area so we can stockpile material there and to your point gain some efficiency um, and then and then move from there to to the other area. The other thing we look at is we've got some streets that are just truly horrific, right? And if we open up the phone lines, I could get you know twenty calls within the next ten minutes sure. with with streets that are truly horrific. But uh, this year we know Fourth uh, Street just north of the Big Ben Telephone Building, Seventh Street just north of the elementary school. Um, they, they were on our list, part of the approved projects that uh, Lance Jarrett was going to do. And so he, he'll be jumping on those uh, here in May for us. Those are streets that are unsavable. Um, every time it, moisture comes out, there's tons of potholes. Right. And uh, we, we also have quite a bit of traffic on them. Now, here's another interesting thing that happens is once we finish, whether it's a seal coat or a rebuild of the road, traffic goes up on that road because, you know, people are smart. They they know where potholes are in the community. And then when a road gets fixed, they migrate back onto that. Think back to 2015 when we did fighting or 2016 when we did fighting Buck Avenue. It was in horrific shape. Mm -hmm. And then once we got that thing rebuilt all of a sudden traffic started flowing and flowing nicely on it right. again. Right. Even my kids know. Mom, <laughs> why'd you go down this street? You're going to, because I have to sort of weave in and out. <laughs> right. On, at certain places. Yeah. And, and the other thing I was going to add into, because here's another question that I get a lot of, and this is something that, that I work back with our utilities team on, is uh, a lot of us notice you come across a manhole. It's like, wow, is that thing, you know, why is that thing so so sunk down in so that's something we've tasked scott perry to to work back with eddie on and how can we start making a difference in some of those areas in town too so where it makes sense as you do the streets you can do some maybe infrastructure and pipes at the same time correct like what we saw in the alleyway last year uh, we had a, a gas line uh, right behind the Holland Hotel uh-huh. that we desperately wanted to replace. And so it's a great opportunity for us to replace that line. Now, I also get the question, why don't you replace all the water, sewer, and gas infrastructure? And it's just a math issue, right? So uh, you could spend millions and millions and right. millions of more dollars replacing uh, all of that water, sewer, and gas infrastructure, much beyond what we have from a reserve perspective. So it would force the community to go out and take on more debt. So with a budget of, of $1.5 million, mm-hmm. about how many, how many blocks does that get us? Right. So this year, uh, we will rebuild about 35 blocks with Jarrett Dirt Works, and we'll seal coat close to 80 blocks. 
uh, some of the funding this year. We've actually got to do a little work out at the airport, too. We've got to extend the taxiway there. <laughs> uh, we'll be using uh, Lance Jarrett for that, too. So uh, it gets us roughly um, about 10 to 12 percent of the city we get covered. Uh, generally speaking, we're trying to cover between 12 and 15 percent a year. Uh, the last two years we've been focusing some of the heavy traffic when we focus on the heavy traffic areas we obviously slow down because there's more agitation uh to and more work we have to do so we we certainly slow down a little bit um right so it's expensive and it's seasonal and also to be kind of frank up until we'll say five six years ago there wasn't much of a plan for keeping the streets um, well-maintained. Correct. So Correct, yeah. So I started with the city November 2013. So my first stint was November 2013 through September of 2017. Uh, I think that year we had uh, were that 60000 in in material, capital uh, capital to buy materials. You can't do much with $60,000. I mean, I think we did 20 blocks. And then the following year, I built the plan, worked back with Chris Weber at TxDOT. He's just been a wonderful partner along the way and rolled that out to council. Uh, we really uh, did some more rebuild in, in the 2015 cycle, I thought. So 2014 was slow. 2015, we picked up the pace a little bit. And then by 2016, we were seal coating north of 75 blocks a year and we had uh, Jarrett Dirtworks rebuilding 20 plus blocks a year for us. I think it was 25 the first year and, and 25 or 27 the second year. And so that was the pacing we needed to be on. Uh, unfortunately, 2018-2019 um, was very limited paving work done at all. Uh, there was a focus on analysis. The city spent close to $50,000 with KSA doing some analysis. Uh, my perspective is on that is, you know, Eddie and I did the analysis in a couple days. I could do it for you. I mean, I can, like, yeah. I can see yeah. yeah, I mean, it's, it's really not that hard. <laughs> right. Right. So we have a good inventory. And, and then last year, even with COVID, I mean, this, this was something that, that Eddie and, and Lance and I talked about heavily. We need to execute for the citizens and we need to get some of these roads underway. And I think getting the downtown area tidied up was super important because now, you know, our businesses are really expecting a lot uh, from tourism in the downtown area. So we were super excited about that. Uh, we're, we're not going to take the pedal off the gas this year. Uh, we're going to execute and do well. So um, $1.5 million doesn't include just rock or gravel. That's Correct. payroll and payroll taxes and fuel and that's everything. Correct. So it's, it's not as though we have $1.5 million of rock and the, the labor and fuel are being taken from someplace else. That's the total. That's the total. So you're, you're absolutely right. Our staffing, uh, the, the vehicles, uh, and then, of course, the material, too. And all of that goes, goes into that paving budget. The work that we do that we contract out is pretty cut and dry. It's a set, you know, it's a set fee. We go out to RFP, we get the bids, uh, but then the internal side we're, we're maintaining employees. And, and the employee maintenance is, is important too because we are trying to drive uh, good, good jobs within the city. There's a sense of ownership with our employees. 
Uh, and then in the off season, it gives us the opportunity to work on additional projects. So one of the things that's been very important to Eddie uh, in his leadership is the maintenance of the creeks. And I think people uh, have really seen that as well. And those are off season type tasks. Uh, but they complement the work that we're doing in the streets too. Similar type equipment. It's it's a way for us to use the equipment for longer periods of time sure. through the year. Sure. Um, okay, I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, we got some preliminary census data. Yes. Um, starting yesterday, um, and Texas, as we all know, is growing. Yes. And we'll gain two seats in the House in our congressional delegation. Um, so I checked around a little bit this morning to see if anybody else had any information yet. There's there's not much yet. But um, at, as that comes, we will bring bring everyone more information. Um, but as of 2019, Alpine, thanks to Eric, had 6,006 residents. And the county had 9,203 residents. My sense um, is that we will see the most growth in the county. Um, especially in South County, they are growing pretty quickly. Yes. Um, although I don't think the number will really reflect that much because there are so many people in South Brewster County, as there are in many pockets across the country, who are trying to be off grid. They don't want <laughs> to be counted. So they don't I don't want to be know <laughs> that, 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 that that will be reflected as much as the actual growth looks like to, to people who live here. But I was wondering kind of what your sense is for the city. Yeah, so first of all, I think you're spot on in your assessment of the county, specifically South County. I mean, it, it doesn't take much to go down there and look and see the explosive growth that's happening. Um, and so that's that's a good thing. Uh, city of Alpine, uh, where, where my sense is we're going to go, and it, uh, I was very excited to see Pete inserted at the helm at Saul Ross. Uh, we needed someone who would focus on student population growth. Uh, that student population growth uh, grows businesses and grows the economy in Alpine. And many people that come here that are trying to open some type of retail business or property type business, they need the university to be thriving. Not just the students, but the faculty and having the faculty settled and inconsistent there too. And so I think that's uh, a huge opportunity for us. There's also a lot going on with uh, some of the broadband initiatives, Connect Now initiatives, uh, that's helping push more dollars into rural parts of mm -hmm. Texas. Um, and I think that in and of itself is, is very important to the future population growth because we do know we have a lot of knowledge-based workers. And they come out here and they're enchanted with the area and determine that, you know, I'd like this to be my primary residence. They may maintain something, you know, somewhere else in the state, but this becomes their primary. And if they're connected, they can do that. Right, they can work from anywhere. Yeah, so, so I think that's going to provide some lift. Uh, for Alpine as well. You know, something the council's talked about is, um, you know, the not the organic growth, but the growth through annexation. <laughs> uh, certainly the city always has that uh, to contemplate on some of the communities that are adjacent to the city. Sure. Hector? Um, I have <clears throat> one one more question, and then I think we're about to run out of time. Uh, you, I, I found it interesting 
that you mentioned the student population uh, because obviously we've talked about this before at the midweek mercantile every Thursday, but uh, we talked about how it's very interesting for me to see what kind of growth Alpine wants to see because some people feel like, well, we want to keep the small town essence of it. Some people want to say, oh, well, we need it to grow and we need an industry. You know, with elections coming up, that's a hot topic that's going around. There's also the student point of view. There's, you know, do we need younger people? Do we need what kind of what are your views on kind of like um, the balance of the growth of Alpine? Yeah. So here's the thing. I, uh, to me, Sal Ross is vital to the community, you know, beyond just growth, but just from the culture of the community. I mean, it's the only reason I'm here. You know, dad came out in 1978 uh, to start the Media Services Center. It was a very robust continuing education program at the time. Uh, those types of activities connect um, the resident population with the student population. And it's through that connection in events like Midweek Mercantile or volunteering on the Texas Highway Cleanup, uh, where you get to know some of these students. Uh, I had a wonderful interview uh, with a student there today for uh, what was going to be an internship. It's going to turn into a, a full-time job for that individual. Uh, many, many of these students come to Alpine and they fall in love with the community and they want to stay here, uh, get married, raise family. Um, and so it's important that we create that connection. And I also think there's a wonderful arts program at the university. We celebrate that with the theater, with music, and things of that nature. Uh, look at the ag department, look at uh, Sale Arena, the amount of events that happen. So to me, there's a huge connection there with our residents because it offers them additional entertainment. And that's part of the magic of living in Alpine. So thanks, thanks for that question, Hector. That's, it would be great to find ways to keep families here to benefit the school district as well yes definitely yeah well it seems like our time is up thank you mr zimmer for coming in to hear me out with of course the lovely betsy esparza and i hector montemayor perez we're going to keep your scheduled programming here on kvlf and then at 6 30 we have a baseball game to air and of course stay healthy stay great and have a good evening i'm going to leave you here with Ghost from Dance Macabre. This is your regularly scheduled programming on KVLF. Hear me out. Tune in next Tuesday. Alrighty. So, I don't know if you want to do a little bit of a show after the show like we had discussed before, or if we're good on how everything is. Whatever you guys want. I think I, I, think I got all my... Alright, in that case, I'm going to pause the recording.